All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Hello again, and welcome to Prim Screwheads Talk Her. I'm Screwhead Dan. And I'm Screwhead Andrew. And we are here once again to dissect this member and discuss horror movies. Today's horror movie is going to be the fairly recent 2023 Boogeyman, based uh, loosely on the Stephen King short story, I believe it was. Yeah, yeah, short story yeah. from the Night Shift Collection. Yes, so we're getting into that one real quick. Uh, before we do that, Andrew, how the hell are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. I know it's been a little while uh, since we last recorded an episode, and in that time, I was able to watch all of the other Hell House LLC movies, <laughs> um, as, as, I, so as I said I would. in 30 seconds, what would you, uh, how would you recommend them? Two is bad. Three is pretty good. Four is eh. Like, four is better than two. Three is pretty good. I, I think what the series kind of, I think, I don't think any of the series really pulled me in, but the, it's it's just like the first one, the last, like, 20 minutes and i think actually the fourth one has a longer period of this but it's that kind of there's that that tense scene where shit's going down mm-hmm. uh i think four is it the best but i think three has a better story but it, that's it's like paranormal activity fucking nothing happens most of the movie and then at the end something happens and you're like oh okay and then they try to say there's there's a connected lore uh mm-hmm. so it's like that. i'd say i'd say if you like the paranormal activity it's very similar uh, but I, I will say i do appreciate the first one more with the other one so i'll give it that i don't think the lore is masterful but it definitely helps me enjoy it more Okay, cool. So, I guess as someone who enjoyed the first one, would you recommend that uh, we enjoy the re- we uh, watch the rest? Yeah, I would. But but I will say, like the first part of the second one is very hard to get through. Okay, um, it's it's I was like, oh god. Uh, but then the third one immediately, you're like, oh god, this is so much better as soon as it starts. So like, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's you know, you might two is the one that you're going to struggle through a little bit. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. All right, awesome, but, awesome. But how are you doing? Uh, Doing good. Uh, recovering from a sickness. I don't know what happened. Oh. Probably from a little Friendsgiving thing we did, um, which is why this episode is going up a little bit late. I apologize. That is my fault on that front. Uh, just like my voice was just not good earlier this week. Uh, but thankfully, I'm feeling much, much better this week. And we're getting into it. Um, I was feeling pretty good on Thursday, actually. So I decided I was just like, okay, fine. I'm feeling better. I'm not coughing. I'm not doing anything. I'll go to um, my gym and just kind of work out for a little bit. Uh, Basically, it was kind of ridiculous because we're higher level at this point, and it was a higher level only class. And basically, the instructor was just like, okay, one of you get on top of the other person in a mount position. The person on top, your goal is to basically keep them on bottom as much as possible. Person on bottom, your goal is to get out by whatever means necessary. Go. And, like, we've practiced a lot of defenses from this position before. We have a lot of jujitsu on that sort of thing as well. This is a very common kind of, like, defense and position to be in. Uh, But my partner and I, we actually are pretty good friends. And he was at Friendsgiving that we did a couple weeks ago or on Thanksgiving and so we went a lot harder than usual because like i had not worked out in like a week so i was just like i'm raring to go i'm feeling better let's do this let's do this and we just beat the shit out of each other so (laughs) i am so exhausted i've got so many bruises um i forgot to take an epsom salt bath yesterday as well so i woke up and i'm just like oh god i'm so sore i'm so sore but it worked out fine so 
yeah, it was it was a, it was a really fun class, and it was good to be back and kind of move around and actually learn stuff and do stuff and get my body moving. So, yep, that's that. Other than that, pretty straightforward. It's going to be a rainy, miserable weekend where I'm at right now. So yeah, that's uh, that sucks. I guess. But what's the, what's the weather like at your side? What's 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 what? How, like right here now, it's, it's, it's rainy like, and it sucks. <laughs> but like, is it like? For, like here it's been like 30s 20s you know occasional 40s what, what's what's been your temperature like uh about low 50s usually so i'm, I'm down south fuck out of here <laughs> fuck out of here go home get out of here <laughs> we it's, don't get any snow though unfortunately i miss i miss snow i mean i don't know if i miss snow I, every time it comes around i'm like cool and then it's annoying and you're like fuck you snow yeah actually i like snow in december january and february rolls around i'm just like no i'm i'm, I'm good without snow Wait, do you ever get snow days as a kid? Was that a thing for you? Oh, yeah. No, I grew up in Chicago, so we got snow oh. days all the time. Oh, okay, okay. All right. yeah, yeah. Fair, enough. fair enough. And then here, when I was a teacher, we did get snow days occasionally, but it was just like we got maybe a half inch of snow. And the thing is, down in North Carolina, there's no like infrastructure to support snow, and nobody knows how to drive in snow or anything like that. So it's just they can't handle it, basically, um, on that front. Yeah. That's, that's, that's tragic. Yeah. But yeah, that's that. There we go. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, you were the one who recommended this movie. So, Andrew, do you want to go ahead and introduce The Boogeyman? Yeah. Yeah. So, as Dan mentioned, uh, The Boogeyman is um, one of the short stories from the Night Shift Collection, which was Stephen King's first uh, short story collection. Um, I fucking loved this short story. I um, I had like, distinct memories. So, I uh, we had a pretty big lawn when I was younger, so I would mow the lawn, and I would always like, get books in the library to listen to audiobook, and I like distinctly remember listening to this story as i mowed the lawn uh and like it's such like a the have you read the short story dan i have not now you have not okay so it's it's a very bare bones concept it's literally the concept of the story is a man goes to talk a psychiatrist about how his kids died and he's basically saying like i didn't do it but i need to talk to somebody about it so here's what happened and he basically gives him like it's a very i think it's like 25 pages long it's just him being like basically telling recounting how his different kids died and this the guy's kind of an ass the lester lester billings in this movie seems a little bit nicer the guy is like a racist kind of misogynist (laughs) in the book in the short story Mm -hmm. but it's a very creepy story of like just this thing that's sneaking around his house and killing his children um and there's this kind of shocking end uh, which i'm not gonna really uh i don't want to spoil it's the only real spoiler i shall spoil spoil the very end because it ties the end um but it was just a very great mood um and the night shift collection's always been really great um every year when they do the dollar babies which are those like um, fan films that they make where basically they pay Stephen King a dollar and they get the rights to make one of his short stories into a film. Um, mm-hmm. every, every year when they host that competition or that uh, festival, I always go and I always hope to find a, bo- a boogeyman adaptation. Um, there have been a couple and there's actually been a few kind of mini adaptations of it. Um, and usually they are more faithful adaptations of the short story. This movie really doesn't do that. Um, but it's it's been one of my favorites. So I was really excited when they came out with this movie. Um, there's there's a boogeyman series in like 2003 I think that I, I was hoping was this and it was not, um, mm-hmm. but I, when this movie was announced I was pumped I was like so excited I dragged my wife to it and she was like what the fuck um, <laughs> so um, yeah it's I, I, I listeners who listen to other episodes know that I've, I've been mentioning it a lot so I was really excited to do it um, and we were trying to think of a movie to do and this was luckily uh, you know on VOD now if you have Hulu it's there for free if you have a basic membership so um, you know it's, that's that's why I wanted to do it um, yeah. But Dan, what, what's do you what do you do you have any knowledge of the Boogeyman? Or obviously not like the, the mythical creature, but like of the short story of the film prior to this. 
Well, actually, the mythical creature and I are best buds. Uh, we play it. bridge. Uh, we play bridge every Tuesday, Thursday. So that's that. Um, no, no, I haven't read the short story. I mean, like, of course, like the legend of a boogeyman and that sort of thing as well, hiding in your closet. Besides, just a cursory kind of childhood glance at it. Um, yeah, that's about it. So, uh, yeah, no, I have no familiarity with it whatsoever. But other than your best friend, when you were a kid, were you afraid of the boogeyman? Were you like, were you bugged out? Like, what, what was? I was actually. The, concept of boogeyman in general with you yeah i was actually thinking that um i do remember having fears of the dark not like an incredibly bad fear i remember i was scared to death of tornadoes and i think i've talked about this in a previous episode um but in second grade my friend was just like hey you guys want to see flipper you know the the story with elijah wood about the dolphin and it's like really cute and it's kind of like a free wheelie style thing except with a with a, a dolphin, let's go see it. And so I went to the movie theater expecting to see Flipper, and it ended up being Twister, and that just like traumatized me. And I grew up in rural Illinois, so there were a lot of tornadoes that constantly had on in, and we had like tornado drills and everything like that uh, every month. Um, so it was it was a lot, and I was terrified of tornadoes. Like I was scared that whenever my dad would stand in the window and like look at it pouring rain, um, I'd be like, "Dad, the tornado's gonna sneak up on you and get you." No, <laughs> the sneaky tornadoes. Uh, Exactly. Yes. I mean, that's what happened in Twister. But uh, wait, what? Yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't seen Twister in forever. Um, either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's kind of how it is on that front. Uh, but in terms of the dark, I think I had just a normal fear of the dark, but not an incredibly bad fear of dark on that front. Hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Sad, sad, sad. And like, what? What other? So, like, you know, this is obviously like. You know the boogeyman's been passed around forever. This you know this kind of thing hiding in the dark. Have you seen any other the other adaptations that have occurred? Like I know that like obviously not not the, of this sort of story, but just like with the boogeyman. Like I mean, let's see what other, what other boogeyman do we have? We have the boogeyman from um, what's from Nightmare Before Christmas. We have Bo- Mr. Mm-hmm. Boogie or Boogie Woogie. Whatever was what the name Boogie Woogie or Mr. Boogie. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't remember. I'm fucking it. yeah. Uh, and then let's see, there's the boogeyman that moved in 2003, which is I think ended up being like a guy's childhood shit. Uh, and there's the boogeyman where he gets trapped in a mirror in like 19, in the 1980s. But I don't think of any other filmic adaptations of the boogeyman. I mean, there was Monsters Inc., of course. Uh, oh boogeyman yeah, was a very big part of that one. Wait, and was there actually boogeyman in that movie? Or were they all boogeyman? No, no, they were just like monsters on the bed sort of thing. Okay. Did <laughs> yeah. you ever see the um, Idle Hands? I didn't actually. That's one of those oh. I should though, because that's one of those movies where like everyone recommends it, and I just never finished it up. I turned on that movie one day and I thought it was a boogeyman movie because it was about like a guy who like I don't know, in the scene I saw a guy ran and hopped underneath his bed with his dog and I was like oh shit it's a boogeyman and then I tracked the movie down a couple years later when I was trying to remember that scene and I was like this isn't the fucking boogeyman what the fuck is this <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know, I uh, I was I don't know, I, I, I I think I mentioned in uh, like with um what was that other movie that we were talking about or what I thought they were like like demons and stuff and like. Uh, exorcist i always was just in the boogeyman again as like a cryptid or like as like a pokemon like thing to kind of look into and see what it is um, yeah i was always more creeped out when the boogeyman was just like a guy like a murderous dude hiding in your closet but the idea of it as a yeah. creature always really kind of made me more interested in it and it's like ooh, a little little demon yeah because it's just it, it's more it's more interesting it's more realistic on that front i've always gotten wendigo vibes from a boogeyman but i guess ooh. like they both kind of come from the same fear so yeah that's true yeah because mm-hmm. he's because he the boogeyman is just a general term right for anything that kind of goes bump in the night more or less right because mm-hmm. I, I will say part of the short stories in the short story a uh, young child uh all, all of wester's children start you know referring to the boogeyman like daddy the boogeyman and wester is like hey wife you, why are you talking about the boogeyman and she's like 
I didn't. And he's like, I'm going to beat you. And you're like, oh, shit, man. Lester, you're an asshole. Uh, but, like, it's interesting because in the, I wonder if in the context of the story, did that was the boogeyman like, it's me, the boogeyman? Because the kids would say it, and Lester would admit that he never knows. How, he didn't know how they learned the name. Because, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know, it's interesting. Uh, I kind of where the boogie comes from. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Probably should have research about that. Probably could have found that route very easy to Google search, but I'm not going to. I'm, I'm just going to assume <laughs> that he was dancing in the street one night. Like, look like I got the boogie. Um, but, you know, I, I, I feel like all of our, uh, all of, I feel like, slashers, like, you know, like Freddy, Jason, and Michael kind of are the boogeyman. Well, I, I guess Michael, they say, was that the boogeyman? So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, like, it is a very basic kind of premise in terms of something in your closet, out of the corner of your eye, or just under the bed sort of thing. It's, um, yeah, it's just, it's a very common, common fear. Mm-hmm. So, Dan, yeah. uh, you know, with that in mind, uh, what what are your thoughts on the 2023? Yep, 2023 <laughs> <Boogeyman>. adaptation uh-huh. <laughs> of the book. This year, <laughs> we're still in it just yet. Um, no, um, this was a for me personally, just kind of like it was a fine movie, but I really didn't love it. And I think it's good, very forgettable. I felt it started decently strong. Um, I don't think it hit the mark in a lot of plot points, especially near the end. Uh, there was some pretty good cinematography, and I liked what it did in terms of the setup. But ultimately, it, it wasn't offensive to me, offensively bad, but it was pretty boring overall, in my opinion. How about you? I So I'm kind of the same way. Like, I was let down in the sense that I think the short story is amazing, and I wish they'd fleshed out the short story. Because, um, excuse me, the short story of this movie is basically the only part that really adapt from it is Lester Billings coming into their house and telling his story, but very quick and not with a lot of like scariness. Uh, uh-huh. And then he's he's basically out of the picture. Um, I think it would have been a lot better if they actually adapted the story. But at the same time, I'm kind of impressed that they didn't because I feel like I don't know they had to create a whole new story. It almost makes me wonder to a degree how much of this was the direct like, the intent was to adapt the story or if they just kind of shoehorn the story, you know, the short story into it. Um, but I don't know. I, I ended up liking it. I do think there are some really effective moments. I think the opening is amazing. Um, yes, I, I agree. Think, like I, having seen this movie and it's, it's showing of grief and kind of how basically the big plot element of this is, a, uh, the main character kind of processing with the death of her, of her mother and actually the whole family in a way, as you kind of get to the end of it. Um, and having seen this movie and talk about that loss and then, uh, and not hearing much about it and, and then seeing, um, talk to me, which is also a, a story of loss and how it's processed. I think this movie does a much better job of it. Um, I just enjoy, I think there's a lot more like good moments in this movie of kind of like showing her grief and how she processes it and how like it affects who, who she is. I think like it makes the movie slow at times, but then like, I kind of appreciate that in the sense that like it really is, it's not just like a side element. It's a big part of the story. I get, I, I do agree though. I think the, the last act is not great, especially kind of how they tie some of that loss into it. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think the boogeyman again could have been more effective in different ways, um, but you know, I I I was surprisingly more okay with it than I would have thought I would have been for a, for like the adaptation of a story that I love. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not angry at it. I'm not like, oh, this ruined it. Uh, like to me, it just kind of feels like another like, I don't know. Like I, this could I could see this coming out in two thousands horror movie. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it it does kind of have the same vibe of, like, Insidious or Conjuring Mm -hmm. or that sort of thing as well in terms of the PG-13 horror. Like, if this was produced by the same production company that made Megan, I totally would believe it. I definitely feel like there is going to be some 13-year-old or something like that who sees this movie and kind of forms a seminal effect on horror for them. But 
overall, no, I don't think it's going to be a very memorable movie 10 years from today on that mm. front. Because it was pretty bl- bloodless, right? Like, I can't think of, there wasn't very much blood. Nope, just the opening scene as far as I remember, and then the tooth scene, and... The fake blood. I don't think... The, the blood, the blood, uh, yeah. you know, the, the fake blood that was actually paint in that one scene with Wester. Yeah. So I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, so. yeah, we don't really see the boogeyman boogieing around too much, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the boogeyman doesn't boogie. That's 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 one thing that this movie missed. Yeah, that's true. Boogeyman's got a boogie. Yeah, he's, he's got a boogie. He's, you, gotta, you gotta let him boogie. It's, that's all he does. That's what he lives for. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. but yeah. All right. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So if you, hmm, I think of, should we talk about anything or just hop into spoilers and, and kind of, well, balance? let's talk about the premise first in oh, terms yeah. of, I mean, like it is kind of in terms of the boogeyman, exactly what you think it is. And you did talk a little bit about the short story, but this is kind of a rough adaptation of it. Uh, main character. I no, no, I wouldn't say he's the main character, but, uh, Will Harper is the dad whose wife died in a car accident, um, before the movie takes place. So there's like the entire movie, there's this big theme of tragedy and grief as his family, him and his two daughters, uh, one's a teenager and the other one is, I don't know, eight or nine or something like that, is kind of processing it. Um, but as kind of they're processing this grief, they are stalked by the titular boogeyman who basically loves the dark, likes to hide in closets, likes to hide in under beds, that sort of thing too, and just kind of kill children for the sake of killing children. Um, and the movie kind of kicks off when the... Um, Lester, who has his home office, his therapy office is in his home, um, has a walk-in appointment uh, from someone whose family died from the boogeyman. And basically stuff happens after that. And the boogeyman kind of picks this family and stalks them. And it's the whole movie is kind of dealing with their struggles against each other. And of course, there's a lot of, oh, you don't believe me. There's a monster in my closet. No, you're an eight-year-old girl. It's no, there's no monster. It's just your imagination. That sort of thing. Um, but yeah, that's uh, kind of the premise of the boogeyman. Very by the numbers kind of story. But uh, yeah, um, anything you want to talk about before we get into spoiler territory? Um, hmm. Hmm. I, mean, I'm trying to think of anything because like, I feel like everything I want to talk about kind of I feel like has to do with spoilers. I guess I just I'm trying to think yeah. of anything that like you know I don't want somebody I don't want to spoil like a major scene or anything for anybody. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, no, yeah. I think that I think that's a good summary of it. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think we're shopping this. All right, cool. I, I'm just afraid. I want to say I don't want to say no spoil, no spoilers, and then it'll, I'll probably just be like, "Oh, here's remember when this scene happens." <laughs> uh, <laughs> and yeah. Everybody dies now. That was oh, me. Um, I wish. All right, so let's get into spoiler territory now on this front. Uh, both of us kind of have the same opinion on this movie in terms of yeah, you could do worse with seeing it, but it really is not that memorable a movie. Yeah, like I'd um, say, but yeah, it's 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 decent enough to toss on if you're doing a Halloween, like you know, 31 days of Halloween, and you need to, and you need to add some movies. I, I'd say it's, it's serviceable, you know. And again, and like you mm-hmm. said as well, I think like the gate, not that this is a gateway horror, but you know, it is a PG-13 horror movie without a lot of blood and just more plays on the creep factor, which you know I think is effective and it's it's nice to have those movies. I think like in terms of the idea, like this is a movie you could show like a 15 year old, mm-hmm. and I think it would be it would be effective, it would be scary, but it wouldn't like you know traumatize them or you wouldn't be showing a bunch of gore and it's not like you know eli roth's writing of like crazy swears not that thanksgiving wasn't great thanksgiving was great <laughs> but you know that kind of like cabin in the woods dumbass uh writing or fucking rob zombies writing of characters you know th- th- it's not like dumb like that so like mm-hmm. i actually I, I guess maybe i kind of appreciate it even more for that in, um, in the sense that i think you know there aren't a lot of movies well there are but this is one of the ones where i feel like it's a good movie for kids for like to, you know a good introduction movie for some kids if you want to throw on like a semi-kitty movie yeah absolutely but yeah 
Um, all right, so we'll hop into Spro territory at this point right here. So, Andrew, where do you want to start? Um, I think actually opening scene would be good. Yes, I absolutely. Really, I really like this opening scene. So, describe the opening scene for us. Yeah, so the opening scene is great, and this is what made me think this movie is going to be amazing as this movie started. Um, so, the opening movie, uh, opening scene shows um, one of Lester Billings' kids. Uh, it's, a, it's a young girl, and she's in her uh, uh, crib at night, and you yeah, just literally start- an infant. Yeah, like literally, yeah, probably like maybe like one, one or two years old, uh, probably yeah, somewhere in the toddler era, and she's in her bed crying. You can just kind of hear this like creepy noise. It's panning around, uh, the camera's panning around to the closet, and then kind of back to her, and then you start he- hearing like a voice being like, "It's okay, I'm coming," you know, like it, it's like talking to her, like and like she, she's talking, calling out to her dad, and it's like, "It's me, it's I'm your daddy," and like, mm-hmm. and then you just and, it, and finally kind of you see it come through, you see its hands come up onto the. Uh, the edge of the crib and then you just hear her like start screaming screaming and you hear a crack and like you see blood splatter over the, the portrait of his family and it's so quick it's so like brutal because it's a child who's just getting fucking murdered in their in their crib um and again that, that's like a scene basically directly out of uh the book uh, not that we don't we don't really see much in the detail in the book the book is just like this kid was in their their crib and they died and like, you know next morning i heard this essentially um, mm-hmm. but it's, it's exactly the tone I expect for this movie. Uh, cause again, the short, short story is not a happy story. <laughs> it's a fucking depressing story. And this opening I thought was so effective and it really made me think like, oh shit, they're going there. Um, but, uh, I don't know. How, how, how do you, how do you feel? Yeah, no, I agree. I thought it was a very effective opening scene and I wish the rest of the movie kept that energy. Cause like, it's a very mean spirited, oh shit, they're killing off an infant in the first three minutes. This is, this movie's going to go places. Um, but really, it doesn't touch on anything. It's by far the most graphic scene in the movie. It's by far the most intense scene in the movie. And it just does not keep up that same energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, it was a good way to start it. I was just like, where are they going to go from here? But then it just doesn't. And I'm not saying like, oh, they need to kill off more babies. No, but it's just like there's ways to keep up that level of intensity. And it's just mm-hmm. if you start with that scene and just the rest of the movie is fairly PG-13. No one dies. They just barely get hurt, that sort of thing. It's not as not as effective. Well, I think it's hard, yeah. too, for, for a movie like Boogeyman, where the whole idea of the Boogeyman is that he's this mythic thing that, like, you know, everyone kind of talks about, but nobody really sees. And, like, it's such a part of our lore. It's like, it's like, it's like 30 Days of Night, where they're like, you know, we made vampire movies, but we wouldn't believe in vampires. It's like the Boogeyman's talked about so much that you can't really show him the whole time because then you, you need that kind of questioning of what's going on. Yeah. And, like... Once they do that, I think they just went balls to the walls. It would have gone kind of boring almost because, like, we're going to have a man, like, fucking fighting off people. Like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> though, I guess here's my question for you. So um, just to jump ahead a little bit. The scene um, uh, the scene with – what's her name? Uh, what's the little girl's name? Let me pull it up real quick. Sawyer. Uh, Sawyer. Sawyer. The scene with Sawyer in the bed with the little planet globe thing or the little, the little moon globe, that first scene. Yes. Uh, I was fucking like, are they going to fucking kill her off? Yes. Like, uh-huh. I was, that was still me so bought in this movie because uh, the scene, like, she sees the monster. It's not like one of those things where you, like, cut away and you don't see her see it. You see her see it and it's, like, fucking running around and she falls out of her bed. And I'm like, fuck yes. Let her, let's have, like, let's have, like, you know, the Lester Billings experience. Let's have the experience of people dying in your house and being like, fuck, what's going on? Uh, mm-hmm. I think that they did that, that would have taken the movie in a completely different tone. I would have loved that. Um, but I really thought when I first watched it, I was like, oh shit, they're killing her. This is great, especially after that opening. That you know, I was like, "Yeah, they're going to go there." Uh, I, I was really feeling that. Like, did you think that was going to happen? 
Um, no, I didn't think it was going to happen because it kind of felt like, okay. But I do feel like it was a very effective scene. Um, I really like the prop of the little globe. I did read online that originally it was supposed to, they wanted it to be a lightsaber, but of course, like Disney was not having that at that point. Um, but I think the globe was a lot more effective in terms of just like rolling across the floor, this little light, and then seeing it shattered later on. Um, that was, it, it was a really cool prop. And I do like the opening scene as well, where like the monster scurries from the closet to under her bed. Mm-hmm. And like, you can see the mats kind of push off to the side. So you know something's there, but they do a really good job with the lighting. Like that's the other thing about this movie too. Like they're very, I, I, I do really think the cinematography was pretty good. There were a couple good scares that had some really good setup. I just don't feel like the writing in the later half of the movie was strong enough to kind of carry it um, mm-hmm. on that front. Um, But yeah, that's kind of the opening, not opening scene, but like the first big event scene after the walk-in therapist uh, basically kills himself in this person's home. And it kind of relives the traumatic event and that sort of thing as well. But uh, the youngest daughter sees the boogeyman after that event. Um, Wait, wait, he didn't kill himself? hmm? Oh, the boogeyman killed him, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but it comes comes off as a suicide to everyone else. Everyone believes it's a suicide because he hung himself, but no, it was it was the boogeyman. So, what do you think of um, of Wester, like of the scene with? Because again, that that is the short story, like what you see in there. Obviously, uh, much shorter in this movie. Um, Mm -hmm. What do you think of? Because it's um, it's David Dashman. Is that his name? Uh, The guy from that that polka dot man. Something like that. Uh, yeah, no, I thought it was a very effective scene, too. Like, the the, the the opening in this movie and the first... Oh, holy shit. I'm just looking over his uh, filmography right now. He was in the Angry Video Game Nerd movie. That Wait, is a what? deep cut. Yes, he was Sergeant L-N-G. L- That's yeah. amazing. L- L-J-N, L-J-N, the nemesis of Angry Video Game Nerd. <laughs> that was... Oh, gosh. I... I James Rolfe, I do appreciate all that you've done, but that was one bad movie. That was a really bad movie. I still anyway, haven't seen it. It don't. It's it's really really bad. And unless you're like a hyper hyper fan of the Angry Figure and Nerd, which I I do like, I I like the Nerd, but even for that, it was just too much for me. Um, but anyway, definitely better than anything Nostalgia Critic has put out. I'll just put that out there. Um, Ooh. <laughs> oh yes. Uh, but no, I thought the whole scene with the therapist, the walk-in, he played it really well of like someone who's obviously had a lot of trauma. Do we trust him? Do we not trust him? That sort of thing, especially with, I think both of the girls were out of the house at the time and then Sadie comes back later on. Um, that was one thing that kind of threw me off like text, like, Hey, there's a man in the house. That's kind of a little bit iffy. Mm -hmm. please don't come home. Or if you do come home, make sure you stay in this room so I can see you and we can protect each other or something like that. Like that was one thing about this movie that kind of pissed me off is none of the family communicated with each other and they were constantly putting themselves in danger even when they knew better. Like later on in the movie, say uh, Sawyer is just like, oh, I know this monster is here. I know this monster is out to kill me. I know that it hates the light and like um, hates the dark and like, or hates the light and loves the dark. So I'm going to go ahead and play PlayStation with the lights off. Like, yeah, that was a weird choice. And there's so many instances like that in the movie where it's just like, I'm going to let this girl stay by herself and go off and do this thing. It's just, come on, guys. Come on. Come on. Yeah. So I, I, I know there has to be some suspension of disbelief in these types of movies. Like, oh, there's no signal, so we can't call for help. That was another thing, too. Like, there were so many scenes where they didn't use their phone flashlight, especially at the end, too. And I'm just like... Come on, guys. You, you, yeah, we've seen you point. using the phones. We know, we know you have stuff, and just little writing like that, unfortunately. Um, yeah, well, and all that could be solved with little scenes. Like they could have had, like you know, after the fight where the dad and 
uh, and Sadie are like, you know, yelling, you know, after the girls leave, you know, they fucked off the lights on their way upstairs and the little girls left in the dark. Like, oh shit. That yeah. could have been a great scene. Uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could have been a ways to do that. Yeah, they, 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 for some reason, chose not to. Though I, I will say, I think the, like, in terms of that, that scene with him not telling the daughter, like, you know, they're at school. He's not expecting them anything to happen. Um, but I also think them not communicating is also part of the story, though, because it's that idea that, like, they're, they're approaching, you know, their grief differently. And the, da- well, the dad's major thing, I think, of the part of the story is that he's not talking to them. He's not communicating with them at all. And that's, that's, true, part, actually. that's part of his thing is that, like, he's not. And like, I think Kid City calls him out at one point and is like, you fucking never talk to us. And he's like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. he's, he's like, you know what? You got me. I was actually being a very, not that he's being bad, but he's processing grief in his own way. And I think, like, like mm-hmm. I, I was noticing, that's the thing I noticed, I guess, the most on the second watch through is the way the dad was and that he was really kind, trying, to, trying to ignore it. And, like, you see him popping pills before Lester comes in. You see him, like, you know, when he's trying to get rid of the shit. Uh, not get the shit when he's trying to get rid of the mother stuff, and she's like flips out of him. You're like, yeah, but he's he's trying to move on in his own way, and he's not sure what to do. So he's struggling mm-hmm. to do that. Uh, I don't know. I, I I appreciate that a lot more this time. Um, but yeah, but I, I liked I liked the Lester Billings scene as well. I thought it was I thought it was good. And again, I like that. I I I go back and forth on the characterization of him because I like that he's like a normal dude, and he would like I don't know how to say like he's a vile person in the original. Not that he's a vile guy, but he's like I don't know like a macho he's guy who, who like definitely like talks about like how you know the wife's job is to take care of her husband um but then there's also like a weird part like a, like an almost sadness not sadness to it but like a weirdness to it where he basically doesn't want to admit that he likes his kid where he's like you know mm-hmm. I, I was trying to be the big man you know can't have my kids doing this can't but he's like but i fucking love this kid and like you're like oh what, like what the hell man <laughs> like uh i don't know he's he goes on an emotional journey as he talks uh, but this lesser feeling that was very muted um but i, I really like that line though of like this is what happens to your kids when the parents aren't looking is that is that the quote i thought that was really effective um, when, he, mm-hmm. when, he, when he's like, my kid drew this picture, and it's like, this is what comes and takes your children when the parents aren't paying attention. Um, which not only is like a creepy idea, and you know the, the you kind of the epitome of what the boogeyman is, but also again, it's it's a good it's a good way to describe what's going on with the father and how the father isn't paying attention to the kids. He's mm-hmm. he's going through his own grief, but he's not really like seeing what's going on um mm-hmm. with the kids which i thought was you know again i think that's a really it's a nice way of showing it. yeah it's the mon- like you know if you if you want to kind of view the boogeyman as grief living within the family it's that kind of idea where it's like this is what happens when you're not paying attention um mm-hmm. so i like that i thought that was cool and again that's that's what lester was lester was kind of just like a dude who like i don't know it's kind of a selfish prick uh he loved his kids but didn't really want them want to do things with them more or less um mm-hmm. so I, I, yeah i thought that was really effective uh what do you think about his death and his perusing the house yeah, I thought it was good. Um, just about the kind of tension scene on that front, where um, uh, older daughter, what's her name, uh, Sadie, Sadie? Yeah, Sadie kind of looks around and finds her, and it's 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 one of those scenes where like we as the audience see him kind of standing around in the corner, but Sadie doesn't notice until later on. Um, I thought the fake out with the paints and the blood. So basically, Sadie sees some red liquid flowing underneath a door in the room that uh, had all of her mom's stuff, her deceased mom's stuff. Um, and it turns out to be paint. And I thought that was just kind of a cheap cap out. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I do feel like his ultimate death in terms of like being dragged into the closet and being hung and then discovering this stuff like again i think this movie starts out very strongly i think the first third is very very good but as it goes on i just really feel i have i have issues with the plot and Mm -hmm. a lot of dumb stuff as well um but yeah and actually this brings a question for me uh and i think part of the plot question for me so in in the 
film, do you do you think Lester brought the boogeyman to them? Not not intentionally, but did he bring the boogeyman to them, or does the boogeyman just have the ability to go through all the closets? Um, like, yeah, it was actually that in my notes too, because later on in the movie, like he does switch between houses um, as well from that one, and then also the widowed house um, mm-hmm. with uh, the crazy lady who's gone under trauma and wants to like shotgun him and that sort of thing as well. Yeah, I I, I guess. If I were writing this, and based on the information I've been giving, I'm assuming it's like a Monsters, Inc. style situation where, like, there's some sort of boogeyman dimension through closet doors that he can travel through, some sort of metaphysical sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'm assuming. Yeah, well, because towards the end, right, after she goes into Lester's old house and, like, she's, uh, you know, uh, you know, she, she runs back to her house to be like, oh, shit, dad, uh, it's weird because like I, you know, it, you know, I gotta beat it there, and I'm like, is it running outside to get there? And like in the in the short yes. story, ask, ask <laughs> that as well. Like um, at one point in the short story, they move, and Lester's like, you know, I saw a a trail of like dirt and like slime going into the closet from the front entrance, and I couldn't tell like was it leaving or was it coming? And you're like, oh mm-hmm. shit! Like, and you know, once it's once it's in the closet. It's you know, it can closet dimension, but like, is it the closet? Like, you know, it, it's like you know what what makes a. Uh, you know, like what makes a a bedroom a bedroom has to have a closet. But like what makes a closet a closet? Mm-hmm. Does it have to be like a, a room with no lights? Like if you just have an empty room with a door to it and doesn't go anywhere, is that a closet? Like what about you... Harry Potter's cupboard under the stairs? Like technically that's a closet. So like if we turn the lights off, is the boogeyman going to be in there right there or what? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah. Like and like like you know the the closet in the mom's art art room was like a fucking walk-in closet. Like mm-hmm. boogeyman just feeling nice nice and happy in that giant walk-in closet, and then he fucking goes into Sadie's closet. And he's like, what the <laughs> fuck, bitch? Like, what is this shit? <laughs> like, you know, I just I gotta know the. Does boogeyman. he have a closet preference? Like, is he just like I, I want to haunt someone simply based on how big or spacious their closet is? It, exactly. Well, and the question too is like, so he picked off all of Lester's family except for the mother. You know, did did he then like make like is he is he a fan of children? Is that what it is? Like, is is it children? Because in the in the short story, we only ever see him kill children, and like mm-hmm. he literally like kills a bunch of Lester's children and Lester has another child and he's like yeah I got got you bro like he comes back for that new child so I'm like Jesus so like is he just there for children in which case like okay you know I guess it makes sense because we, we see with dad at the end we don't know what he's doing but it seems uh-huh. like and, and the Lester's wife also says that like, he feeds on fear so maybe it's just because children you know have better fear in them um, yeah I think a big part of this movie too is they tried to push the like the Babadook or it feels like there's so many other movies that were released around this time period that's just kind of it feeds on grief and that's a huge staple it's a huge cliche in horror movies and some of them do it really really well this one i felt did it okay um but i mm-hmm. I, I i thought it was kind of a tried tired trope at this point so yeah well i, I feel like i feel like i did that thing where it's like it did a good job showing the grief of the family but not really tying it into the monster yeah like, like and actually i will say you know another thing from the short story i reread it recently that's why i would not remember this from ever fucking many years ago um mm-hmm. but one of the things he says lester says is that like um there's a time when they move where things feel good again like so he basically says he's in a bad place when the killings first start and they move they have the new child andy and um he's like things are good again but then at one point things change and the, the, the you know the mood changes so it is that kind of thing like maybe it brings depression with it because um, mm-hmm. we also see those fucking tendrils, which are not in the story. I don't know what the fuck those tendrils are, mm-hmm. uh, or the veins that seem to, you know, the, it's it's like the Ripley from Dreamcatcher just kind of spreads. Um, uh, for those people who've seen Dreamcatcher, probably not many of you, <laughs> but uh, I mean, like you know, <laughs> I've seen it's Dreamcatcher like, way too like many that. times with you. I mean, Dreamcatcher's <laughs> amazing, uh, but like you know, it's like it's like that, and it, you know, it's another part of the story. Where, like, 
Like, I guess that's my biggest issue with this movie in terms of that is like, I, I just, I'm just like, so what? What? Like, you know, it, it's like, it's, it's, it's the thing that always gets me in movies where I'm like, tell me the logic of this. How does this, mm-hmm. I want to know how this works. I know, I'm, I know, um, uh, Roanoke Gaming, who does like, he's like a YouTuber who does a bunch of like videos about like, uh, the science and the like biology behind creatures. I think he did do one on the Boogeyman. I haven't watched it yet. Um, but, you know, I, I'm very curious. Like, what is this thing's deal? Like, how does it do what it does? Um, uh, but, yeah. Um, so, I do want to talk about uh, the Boogeyman and his effectiveness. But are there any other scenes you want to talk about? Um, um, I, the- I do want to complain a lot about Sadie's friends. Oh, yes. Fuck yes. Fuck them. Fuck them all. Okay. Please. Can Go. we please, any any movie director, producer, writer, anything like that, can we please stop with the stereotype of all high schoolers are mean, vindictive sociopaths? Like, I have met some mean high schoolers. Both you and I were former teachers or currently work in education. Like, that's that. However, by and afar, it, it, it's so unrealistic. It's so cheesy. It's so ineffective. And the worst part was the main mean girl who is basically bullying and torturing Sadie throughout the entire movie because she's reliving a traumatic experience of her mother dying. And she's like, oh, look at Sadie. She's so sad because her mom died. Like, no, there are no kids like that anymore. Well, maybe there's one or two kids like that, but they are far in between. I was like, I was on your side. And the more I thought, I'm like, oh, no, fuck, this is realistic, actually. (laughs) <laughs> in the course of that i was like my mind went through a full 180 all right so here, here's my thing so, okay okay so here's my thing so her old friend who i you know i think your character is good part of me is like are, are they a thing are they are they a couple uh but anyway uh her old friend i thought worked and the idea that she's been out for a while since her mom died and she became friends with this other group of friends and i will say the other friends outside the blonde girl look at her a lot and like, what the fuck's wrong with you so i do think they know what's going on but I get, mm-hmm. like, I get the impression almost that it's like this blonde girl is like a rich kid who like is there and doesn't like that Sadie's getting attention. I like, I, I kind of think of it that way. If you think about it, when she comes in, everyone's saying sorry, Sadie. Oh yeah, I guess blah, blah, blah. yeah. And so she's that kid of like, no, I want attention. Fuck you, Sadie. And so like she's a bitch to her, and she you know she starts out talking to her. And she's like, is that a really good idea to wear your mom, your dead mom's dress? And it's like, and it's one of those things where it's like I could see why you'd think that, but you don't say that to the person. And it's mm-hmm. that idea where she's never been told to not say what's in her mind. And so I almost got, actually, I, I think I know students like this. And I think that's right. I think that I actually, now, now I'm thinking like, oh, this probably is fucking realistic. Cause I think I know students <laughs> like this and I'm thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, actually even her friends do are like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Um, mm-hmm. The only time they're not is when she fucking tries to hit her. Right. Doesn't she hit her at some point? Yeah. Uh, she slaps her at the very end after she traps Sadie in the closet and like yeah. the boogeyman actually comes out and tries to kill him or her. So. And, and that's where they're like, what the fuck? But like, yeah. I will say most time, they, most time they don't, they aren't fans of her. I would say. Um, but a part of that is we didn't get any resolution to that at the end. I think if we got a resolution yes. at the end, there would have been something better because the friend just kind of disappears. But you get the impression mm-hmm. that her old friend definitely isn't down for that, and is but is in that kind of awkward position of being new to that friend group. And maybe again, maybe that's where the territorialness comes from. She's new to that friend group, and that and the leader of that friend group is like, "You're trying to basically take my new friend back, essentially." So she's like a bitch. Mm-hmm. But I will say, I think that there actually is a lot of like she gets a lot of looks and like, "What the fuck are you doing from her from her friends?" Um, so I actually kind of like that. Um, I, I do like, though, that whole idea, like, there's that lead up to them, like, partying, like, oh, here's the night, she's gonna, she's gonna go out with a friend, she's put on a dress, her dad's like, you look great, yeah. and then it just cuts to them just, like, fucking bored in a room. <laughs> was like, that was yes. pretty cool, too, yeah. I did like that. And, like, you know, I could say, like, oh, do you got any, uh, you know, booze or anything like that, or weed, like, oh, yeah, no, I, that that's realistic as well. I just, 
I, I felt the blonde teenager in particular just felt very unrealistic. And it just annoyed me because I feel like that character archetype has appeared in so many horror movies over the mm-hmm. years. And I feel like we just need to retire it. Like, yeah. if you're going to make them, it's okay to make a mean high schooler, but it needs to be more multifaceted than what we were given. Because yeah. just mean for the sake of mean is just not, it's not going to cut it anymore. Well, Unless I, I, like there's some sort of comeuppance, and that's I agree with you there. Like there needs to be there needed to be more come, comeuppance for that character. She needed to die in a horrific way or something like that. Well, and I, and I feel like there there were moments in it where I, you know again she kind of had a look, but yeah, that, the, I think the bigger thing for me is just the whole scene in the where they walk her in the room. And again, I think that's I think that happens where, where kids think hey we're having fun ha 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 ha, and it's because they're high and they're like ha ha this is funny, and then like pushing it too far. And especially mm-hmm. I think a part of it too. Think of her character. She probably is like, wow, Sadie's being a whiny bitch about her mom hiding in the dark. Let's lock her in the room to fuck with her. And you're like, because she thinks that's like funny and like, haha, this person like getting this, like, you know, attention and shit. It's just like being a whiny baby. Let's, you know, put that. Mm-hmm. And like, and you know, and the thing with the video camera, she didn't know that, that video camera had the video, the, her mother's like last video footage on it. She didn't know what she was mm-hmm. doing. She thought she was being funny and like, you know, joking around. And I think, you know, again, I think other people look at her like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, but I don't know. I, I feel like that. I actually think that's really realistic. It's like I, I, I definitely see middle school students acting that way, and I could definitely see high schoolers who kind of, you know, fuck around. Like, I, I think, but I agree though in the sense that it, it I think in this story it feels weird because they just disappear, uh, mm-hmm. and I think it would have been in- interesting if they died, or you know, I think, or maybe have the ending scene, be him coming out of her closet, you know? Yeah, something like that. Like anything cool like that would have been interesting. But yeah, nothing happens with her, so it just makes it feel like, yeah, like what the fuck at this point? The girl's just here to be a bitch. Um, yeah, it's just a really annoying stereotype at this point, and I feel like it's lazy writing. Though I was just that, like, let's introduce some tension. Let's include a mean schooler uh, peer who just hates them for whatever whatever reason. So, yeah. But did you think her and her actual friend were an item? Mm, I actually never got those vibes. But my gaydar they talk, is they talk about, very they talk, about, they talk about seeing each other pee at one point, and I'm like, hmm. <laughs> what's going well, on yeah there was that one scene where it's just like they were they were holding hands across the bathroom stalls That's yeah like, i thought i thought that was a cute scene like yeah so for those who haven't seen it basically sadie is having a breakdown on the toilet in the school bathroom and like her friend comes on in and like gives her a little pep talk through the stall they're in separate stalls together um and like at the very end when like it, they're all done with their business and that sort of thing as well like the friend reaches her hand over the stall and says, hey, take my hand. It's just kind of a nice little thing. That was cute. I did like that. But yeah. it's just, yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I didn't get any sort of gay vibes, but my gaydar could be way off. I, I mean, am reading a lot of Chuck Tingle recently, so I'm trying to improve my gaydar. But uh, I mean, Mine's that's probably that. really off. I'm just, I just ship it. I'm, I'm here for it. I thought, <laughs> I thought they had a supportive relationship, and I was like, that's great. Um, but I will say that opening scene of her walking around um, the school and everybody being like, "Sorry, Sadie, sorry, Sadie," I thought was really yeah. was really good as well because you know obviously you know I've, I've not lost anybody like that in my life, but you know I can't sympathize that part. But I think that idea that you know like it's I think we don't see that a lot in movies where somebody feels awkward about the death where she's like, "I mm-hmm. fucking stop saying that." Like I, I don't. I and that no one really, knows how to act around them. Yeah, I thought that was really yeah. well illustrated. Again, especially if the idea that she doesn't her family doesn't know how to act around it. It's just reinforcing that idea of like you know that grief. And again, I think that's like. I feel like, you know, in fucking talk to me, it's the girl just being, being a bit, you know, being like down that, uh, and then like, you know, like people talk to her and she flashes out at them. I think that's the most, like, you know, talk about stereotypes. That's the most stereotypical way they have people like, react to this kind of shit is being moody and like, oh, mom. But like just seeing somebody kind of like quiet and not really, di- like not being moody really, but just like not like wanting to engage, I think is very like 
different. And it's, just, it's refreshing like, to see a different way of showing that grief. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I think more realistic for a lot of people. Because I think a lot of people yeah, who are definitely. grieving don't want people to see them <laughs> grieving. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing, too, is just like, you know, I, I, I've heard from many people who have had like absolute traumatic experiences from death in the situation. They don't want people to say like, and of course, everyone's different, but they don't want people to say like, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. Or like being constantly reminded of it. They want at least some semblance of normalcy, um, mm-hmm. which that makes sense, definitely, because like, you know, your world is shaken because it has changed 100 percent. But at the same time, too, you, you want to be able to go out with your friends and just kind of forget about everything for a while. So. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think of any other, any other good moments. Uh, oh, question for you. Uh, so the, the scene with Lester's wife, what do you think about that scene where she tries to booby trap the, the, Oh, I saw it coming from a mile away. Yeah. yeah. So again, for those of you who haven't seen the movie, basically Sadie, after doing some research about this boogeyman creature, finds out about Lester's wife, who is like the only survivor of that particular family, goes to the address where Lester's wife is living, and basically the entire house has been ransacked, turned on over. Lester's wife is basically turned into a badass boogeyman hunter, and she is kind of the recluse like i don't know like jamie lee curtis from halloween uh, um the 2018 remake sort of thing but more insane. except yeah but more insane a lot more insane um but basically so they talk um and she has a whole big thing uh, where the boogeyman tries to kill her but sadie escapes and we're not sure if the boogeyman was actually there she's just fucking with her but later on in the movie basically the woman reaches out the widow reaches out to sadie and says hey we need to kill it. I have a plan. Please come to the house and we can kill it together. And at that point, Sadie like knows there's an actual boogeyman, goes on in and basically just, um, you know, says, I need to take matters in my own hand because my family's lives are at stake and my dad's not doing anything. So it needs to be on me. Uh, but basically, the widow puts Sadie as bait um, to lure out the boogeyman and ends up taking like, I don't know, six or seven shotgun blast to the chest in terms of her shooting the boogeyman. Um, Sadie escapes. And then of course the boogeyman gets up and he's just like, eh, whatever. And kills the widow. Um, but yeah, no, I, I completely saw the heel turn coming from a mile away. I mm-hmm. thought that was very obvious, but at the same time too, like Sadie has not been written to be a particularly smart character, not a dumb character, but like, you know, she's a teenage girl and she's still learning about the world and learning how people can manipulate each other and that sort of thing as well. So I didn't think it was crazy on that front. Um, but yeah, how about you? What did you feel about that scene? Like I, that reminded me of a lot of like 2000s movies where like, I think that happens a lot of movies where there's like a monster or something like that. And there always is that like pre third act, or, like third act, like pre climax of like something happens where like, you know, the, uh, I don't know, the big, the, the the like expedition dump which she is she's the expedition jump she's the the boogie hunter who's like i think it's existed since before mankind and it feeds on <laughs> fear so you need light for it in this and like you're like okay fucking crazy lady <laughs> like you're <laughs> how long ago did your husband did all these people do, like how long did you figure this out um and like what where the fuck was your husband in this case like lester just left his wife in their like boogie hunting expedition to go like what the fuck i don't know <laughs> um but like i don't know i 
I thought that was weird. I thought I, I didn't. I didn't like. I, I, yeah, I think it's it obvious what's happening. But like, I love the idea of like of having that when she first goes the first time and she she rigged a camera up to the door. So if the boogeyman opens the door, it takes a picture of him. I like that. That mm-hmm. was clever. That that's, was really cool. That's that's a genius idea, which I would have, which I think could have played out really cool if they keep using it. Um, but yeah, I just I thought it was weird. Um, I think a huge missed opportunity was because the boogeyman like copies voices. And like we've seen it, kind of like you know, mimic yeah. people to a degree. Like I don't, the thing that the it pretended to be the sister, I don't know what the fuck's going on with that. But um, when she wrote her phone number on the fridge, I thought when she gets like a fucking text from the woman, I was like, it's the fucking boogeyman texting her, being like, <laughs> he knows how to use a phone now. Yeah, oh no! But, I mean, like he's been around forever, right? So he probably knows how to use a phone. He's probably like, yeah, fuck, it. I can, bitch, come here. We'll get the boogeyman together. Boom, got you. <laughs> like that's what I thought was gonna happen. So I was really disappointed it was actually her. I was like, no, this should be the boogie. This clearly should be the boogeyman because you wrote your fucking phone number on the fridge for him to find. Like, what? Mm-hmm. That, that would have made so much more sense. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, the fact that that seems like a huge lost opportunity to make a really creepy scene of her thinking <sighs> she's with her and then, like, having to be a corpse. And be like, fuck. You know? And that really you, – you, you hit on a big point, which is another big problem in the movie as well. The movie spends a lot of time kind of pushing forward that the boogeyman can mimic voices. Again, like a Wendigo, um, which I feel like the boogeyman is really based off of. But at the same time, the movie really doesn't do anything with it besides using the voice for some creepy scenes. Um, I, I felt there should have been some sort of twist using the voice, like the boogeyman using that. Because it, it, it's not an animal. It seems like it's a very intelligent being and like you know, sneaky and uses traps and stuff around. Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel like that plot point was kind of cut. Um, and yeah. they could have done more with it. I think the only thing you really get is there's times where it sings, it like sings the mom's song. Yeah. She sings, which is kind of creepy and cool. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. it, it seemed really like, it was, yeah, it was a very, like, missed opportunity. Like, I feel like they could remake this movie, make it R, and make it really, like, you know, hold back and make it really creepy. That's, again, I think if they if they ever wanted to, they could easily, you know, to expand on this movie, you know, while still keeping this can, is readapt and go in through and show Lester Holtz, uh, not Lester mm-hmm. Holtz, sorry, Lester Billings' uh, situation and make it a really fucking creepy horror movie. I think that would be great. Um, yeah. Because, you know, it's it just, it felt like a very standard, like, nothing about this movie, I feel like, made Boogeyman feel really different. Except for, I will say, the creature reveal. Uh, so the creature reveal in this, I thought, was really interesting. When you see him at the let's, very end. Yeah, let's talk about the last act, because yeah, yeah. I have lots of problems with it. So, it. yeah, sorry for interrupting, but, like, no. building up to it, we only see the boogeyman. They, they, they take the Jaws school of thought in terms of we only see corners or little glimpses of it here and there. We don't see the entire full creature until the finale scene. Uh, which is basically the boogeyman's in the house, uh, kidnaps the dad, um, and the two girls have to go down to the basement to rescue her, their, their dad, basically. Um, and that's kind of how it goes. So, yeah, that's um, that's on that front. That's kind of how it is. And the boogeyman finally gets revealed. And what did you think of the boogeyman design? I actually liked it. Um, I think it was a little anemic looking at times, but I liked it when it starts to attack. Um, uh, like... The, the scene where it's like I don't know sucking her juices out what <laughs> the fuck it's doing and you see it's mouth open and then hands come out of the mouth like human hands come out of the mouth pull it's mouth open even wider and there's another like creature inside that I was love that that was fucking insane I was like holy shit what's going on like it's that like that that idea makes me think that like there's more to this thing like it's not just like it's almost like I was think the mouth's like a portal and like you know if it's mm-hmm. if it's, it's, it's like otherworldly like I don't know like uh 
Lovecraftian creature that can kind of dwells in the darkness. This idea that it has like this like void inside of it is so interesting to me because uh, I don't think that I don't think that body fits inside that body normally. I think that's like you know something else going on there, and I think that's really interesting and really cool. And I I, I like I made me want to know more. Like, is that what it actually like? Is that thing inside of it it? And this is like a suit it wears. Is that does mm-hmm. it does that thing change on what's going after? Like, what's like I thought that that really intrigued me to what the boogeyman was. It was, makes me wish there was more to it. Uh, but yeah, I, I really liked that. I thought it, I thought the, vi- the visuals we got of it were cool. I thought that was cool. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. How about you? Um, I felt when it was first revealed, I was kind of disappointed. The CG also was not that great either. It was mm-hmm. a fully CG creature. And I was just like, eh, this isn't really looking that good. But I do agree when like the mouth opened up and there's a whole other element to this thing. That was really cool. And I wish they kind of would took it up. Like, have you seen Smile yet? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. It, it reminded me a lot of the ending of Smile um, on that front. And I was just like, I'm here for that. I really, really like that. I think it's a cool design. Um, so ultimately, like, overall, un- unless if they didn't include that scene, I would have been really disappointed at it. But if they included that scene, I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. I, I-, I do like the angle they took there. Yeah. And like most things, I feel like this movie was just a lot of really cool setup. But then they don't really go anywhere with it. Like, again, the voice, the um, trauma, the everything. It just, it, it felt like this movie could, the script could take in another pass to kind of tighten things up a little bit and have a little bit more payoff. Yeah, it really, it really felt like to me like there's that feeling of like, I don't know, they're telling the story, they're doing the creepiness, and they're like, all right, now we got to end it. Like, it's got to end mm-hmm. somehow. And like, all right, tap, slap on an ending there. Dad gets kidnapped. They go in there. They fight it. Uh, I will say I do the things I like about the fight though is I like that it's not like it wasn't just Sadie going down there and fucking it up like yeah, she fucked up a little bit the dad fucked it up a little bit like you know there's a lot of like good scenes of them like working together to fight it which again if this idea of the family coming together I like that they did that I just think that it could have been done better um, and it's all I know, not that it's weird not that it's bad that it's down in the basement but it seemed like such a small confined area it really kind of made it no not as interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Like I would have almost liked it more if they somehow brought them into some other area, some other kind of creepy area that wasn't just like, I don't know, a not that badly lit basement. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, though I do love that uh, they go downstairs. So Sadie comes home, dad's kidnapped. She finds uh, Sawyer in the closet with Christmas lights on her and they're blinking. She's like, it doesn't like light. And then they go into the basement to go find it. And uh, I forget what I, uh, Sadie, actually Sadie has herself on light at that point, actually. Um, but, uh, um, Sawyer says like hey dad and so he's like shh we don't want it to know we're here I'm like your sister's wearing fucking blinking lights and this thing hates light <laughs> you think it doesn't know you're there <laughs> Like, you think it's not like oh that thing that I really don't like is right there flashing at me like you don't think it doesn't know I think it's not like hey it, it, it's like it's like if somebody like fucking like I don't know like uh, fucking put like poison uh, you know, not poison has like a fucking I guess fire in this case and is like shh we don't want to see it we're only fucking like giant like torch in the air like hey like, what the fuck are you doing <laughs> like, I, I didn't i didn't i was like come on like i said you're really gonna, gonna criticize her for that of all things um <laughs> maybe just get another fucking flashlight if that's what you're worried about i don't know um but yeah i don't know and i i didn't i didn't love the like mom you're here thing like again i i get why they did it because that was part of the story but i think it, sh- it was I so think- cheesy well, I wish that instead of pushing towards the mom being there to help them and mom's always with you, they should have pushed it with, yeah, yeah, your, your mom's dead, but your family's here. Like, okay, not in a blunt way like that, but like, you know, not, not focusing on the mother, you know, the dead thing that they're grieving and, they, you know, they had to moving on and coming to terms with death. Instead of having it be that, that thing that, 
that thing that's dead is it oh it's not dead it's there helping you instead of him being that it should be no no you know help yourself help your family come together as a family to defeat this thing it's yeah the mother's dead and that sucks and you know it's it's if it's worth it to grieve through that but you still need to work together to you know to tackle this situation as a family you know the family that's there don't don't grieve the family that's not there focus on the family you have I, mm-hmm. I feel like that would have been the stronger end but the weird scene of the flame and then of the dress like being like inflated out with the with the fire to make it look like there's a person inside the dress like if she's there like it just it it felt like a weird not not to say it was weird but it, it was i don't know i think the message could have been stronger the other way um because you know obviously i guess it's mythical mythical but the mother didn't like you know the ghost didn't really do much in the scenario but it's weird mm-hmm. to show that it's there um mm-hmm. i don't know I, I just thought that was a weird choice um what do you think about it's the, the death of the or i get the, the i'm assuming death but i don't know of uh boogeyman um i mean like it's a monster that's afraid of a light and it gets burned to death like yeah i think it's fine i did like how they brought it together in terms of the characters kind of took some time it it was a combination of both like it was sadie with the lighter and then sawyer with the hairspray i think it was hairspray yeah Uh, but they used it combined together to create a little torch um and then of course sadie or not sadie um sawyer the the younger daughter was the one who kind of like tossed what was a paint thinner or gasoline or something on the boogeyman yeah, and then lit him up yeah yeah uh no i i liked how they worked together on that front and it it, it felt like a very safe option but i'm not complaining about it so yeah why well, yeah. like i don't it just for me like burning like, it would burn to light again burying it makes sense but then i'm like you know this thing's been around for fucking ever and nobody's fucking tried to fire like burn it with fire mm-hmm. i feel like if somebody was like yo it doesn't like light and i'm like hmm probably doesn't like fire then <laughs> like, <laughs> I, like, I mean, like, you know, like, I, I feel like I'd be like, huh, that seems like, like I feel like killing with fire would be a very, like, go-to thing. I, mean, I, I would just be, like, surprised. My, my guess is it's not dead. My guess is it's going to recoalesce at some point. I would, well, hang um, on, hang on. I'm, I, I got something right here. So I'm opening up Bulbapedia, which is the Pokemon Wikipedia, and I'm trying to find out what uh, Dark-type Pokemon are, is super effective against. So uh, it is, let's see... Um, Dark-type Pokemon are weak to fighting-type Pokemon and bug-type Pokemon, interestingly enough. Um, so I guess you've got to get, like, a really big bug and a martial arts master, uh, Krav Maga or Jiu-Jitsu or something like that, and then you just uh, kind of push them on in. I mean, see, well, I mean, we do. the dad does stab the fuck out of it with a hockey stick. And that's, yeah. That's, you know, but that's, that's not hockey-type. That's not fighting-type. Like, fighting-type is just like that. So, Are you saying hockey players don't fight with each other all the fucking time? That is actually true. Yes, yeah. I, I completely retract my then, entire argument. And then, and then, what if it's not hairspray? What if it was bug spray? Oh, there we go. There we go. Uh, there we go. There we go. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm hoping that's not dead because if that, if that's how they killed this million year old creature, I would be pissed. Um, well. Gonna- Let's let's think about that, too, because we do have kind of a stinger at the very end uh, where basically after everything is done, they kind of have a group um, therapy session together. And the therapist has been a character throughout the movie. Um, and basically the character, the, the therapist says, Sadie, could you come back here? And you are thinking it's some like, oh, the boogeyman's impersonating her the voice or something like that. Sadie walks back into the room, closet door is open. We think, oh, there's going to be some final jump scare where the door opens up and the boogeyman gets Sadie at the last moment, which I'm so glad they didn't do. That would have been so annoying. Uh, But they kind of leave it ambiguous in terms of if it's not sure it's Sadie's head and she's still recovering from the trauma and just heard voices or the boogeyman actually survived and still fucking with her. And I I thought that was stronger um, than Mm -hmm. actually confirming one way or the other. But that's how the movie ends. What did you think? 
Yeah, like I. Okay, so I'm gonna spoil the end of the short story. Um, okay. So the short story again. The short story is just Lester in um, therapy, and basically after he admits the whole thing, therapist's like, "Okay, fuck, man, <laughs> like that's crazy." Um, we're like, you know, we're gonna schedule more appointments. So you know, go talk with the secretary. Come back. You know, go talk to the secretary. You know, we're gonna we're gonna see each other Tuesdays and Thursdays, and we're gonna work this out. And Lester, and part of it to me is Lester's like relieved that he talked about it, and he's like, you know, like I fucking don't believe in psychiatrists, but whatever, you know, like he, he, you know, it's that kind of hopeful thing where he's like, I got off my chest, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna try to work on it. Because mm-hmm. I'll talk to the secretary. Secretary's not there, so he turns around to go back, and he's like, "Hey, doc, secretary's not there," and he sees doc's not there. And he sees the boogeyman in the closet, and he takes off like a flesh, like doctor mask, psychiatrist mask, and is like very good or something. Like, I forget. What, he, he says something like that. He's like, "Yes, yeah, it's very good." I don't know. It's fucking repeating something the doctor was saying earlier, um, mm. and it's like, "Fuck, okay, that's the boogeyman," <laughs> and like it's a creepy idea. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's that he's been talking. He's been telling the fucking creepy boogeyman this the whole fucking time. And again, in that in that in that context, the boogeyman is more of a human like figure, um, which is great, um, but. Uh, so I thought in this, the twist was going to be that the doctor was the boogeyman as well, because there's that scene. Like, I, 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 okay. I think she, she's a very skeletal person. The, the actress who plays her is very thin. He's bald. Um, and there's a scene earlier where they, this fucking dumbass red light flashing thing, which is definitely the horror movie, clearly, uh, where the boogeyman appears when they're in a therapy session where they're basically trying to test, basically uh, get Sawyer to be okay in the dark by having a light that slowly dims. And uh, while it's dimming, the boogeyman appears. And we don't see the doctor mm-hmm. during that time. So I thought they were setting up that the doctor is going to be the boogeyman. I'm like, okay, you know, keep that from the story. Um, and this movie seemed like it was going to go that direction, but then didn't. Uh, and kinda, I kind of disliked that. I wish they'd gone with it. Or at least just hinted more that she was the boogeyman. Um, you know? Like, just kind of provide Because, you know, they, they easily had the opportunity for that to happen. Um, but they, they didn't take it. And I, and I, anyway, I get it. They close, she closed the door, which was closing the door on, you know, again, I need to close the door on grief, close the door on fear. Makes sense. It's symbolic. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I don't know. I, I, I didn't necessarily want to stinger, but I wanted some, some threads left. Mm-hmm. Something um, that you could follow up with in a potential sequel. Yeah. Or just the idea that like, and again, the boogeyman wasn't just this creature you could just kill. I just, mm-hmm. that, that's, and again, that, I think that would tie to grief. Grief isn't something you can just kill. It's still going to linger. You, just, you know, it's like, you know, it's like what the Babadook did where you just have to live with the grief. It's that, you know, that kind of idea where, you know, it, you can push it away, you can burn it away, but it's, it's still there. Um, and I, I just would have liked that more. And like you mentioned, there was that, she did kind of hear a voice. So maybe that was him because the way it's weird, the doctor's like, can I help you? But the doctor could have been saying that because she's like, why the fuck are you in my closet? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I don't know. I, I, I appreciate that it wasn't a dumb jump scare, but I just wish there was some continuity, not continuity, but some mm-hmm. Maybe some like threads. the door like moves on its own or something like that after she closes it, but Sadie doesn't see it. Yeah. Or yeah, just something interesting like that just to go, you know, to, to you know, get, tease me a little bit, you know, give me, give me something, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, just, or you, maybe you don't have, like, I don't know. I, I, I guess the boogeyman doesn't say anything enough for her to say something that would give her away, but you know, it would have been, uh, I don't know. It would have been interesting. Or maybe, like, yeah. she just, like, maybe she just, like, sees some of that, like, fucking, like, or, you know, they pan out and you see some of that, uh, the ripple of the veins somewhere, like, on the wall or something, you know? Some kind mm-hmm. of, something there. Or she sees it kind of creeping out from underneath the, uh, the closet. Or maybe, you know, just kind of see it open a little bit when she turns around. It just kind of, you know, it, it, you know, it just kind of slowly pushes open. I don't know. I would, I would just like to see something like that. 
Um, and I think I think having the twist that her being the boogeyman would have been interesting as well, because um, it also would have it would make sense for the boogeyman if the boogeyman feeds on fear and feeds on depression is inserts himself into those things. It would have made sense that that's that's the job. That's that's where it kind of that's how it finds victims, you know, uh, by being mm-hmm. a psychiatrist. Uh, I don't know, but yeah, I don't know. That 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 was, that's my only real complaint, and uh, not only real complaint, but that's that's something that I, I really would have appreciated. I think that is a very strong point in the original short story. Um, yeah, cool. All right. Well, any final thoughts on Boogeyman? Anything that we want to talk about um, on that front? Overall, yeah, I think we were both kind of disappointed in this movie. We could do worse, but... Mm. Yeah. It, 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 like, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm disappointed. I'm going to say it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it's great. I'm not going to say it's amazing. I'm not going to buy it. But pretty good. I would never... I would not be disappointed to watch it again. I enjoyed it my second time. I thought I'd notice more things about it that I liked. Um, and I think, I think it's effective. I think it's, when it's suspenseful, it's effective. When it wants mm-hmm. to be suspenseful, it does. I never felt like there's a part where it's suspenseful and I was like, ooh, what's going to happen? You know, or like, ah, oh, like other than the uh, uh, Lester's wife, but like that, I don't think, anything, I don't think that movie fucking pretended like anything else, else was going to happen. It, it knew. <laughs> it was like, mm-hmm. it was like, yeah, we have to do this, but like, you know what's going to happen. She's not going to get killed by the boogeyman. This bitch is. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> though, I do love the scene um, when Sawyer, uh, sorry, not Sawyer. What's the main girl's name? Uh, Sadie. Sadie goes to get Sawyer, and she's like, "Oh, it has Dad." I mean, I and she, you know, she says like the "if it bleeds, we can kill it" line. But I want to be like, uh, <clears throat> "Sadie, uh, you just watched it tank fucking like twenty shotgun shells, and you're like, I got a fucking hockey stick. I got this. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is your plan, Sadie? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like the, this woman set up a fucking elaborate trap for it, shot it multiple times, point blank, and uh, I got a hockey stick. I got this." I don't know. Yeah, and I guess, like, I could understand that because, again, it's just, like, teenagers feel they're invincible, and she was also not in a good mental state as well. She was kind of depressed, feels like her family's not helping her out, and she's like, I gotta take this into my own own hands, and I'm gonna do what I can because otherwise, you know, it's, no one else is gonna do it. Um, So, it it was a dumb move, definitely, but she was never written to be a smart character, and she was kind of working on an off emotion at that point. So, yes, dumb character moments however i i felt it was kind of believable hmm. but also i guess you could all say given how fucking bad the boogeyman is at killing people yes I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> like that that little girl should have been dead to rights like five times uh, oh yes now that uh, sawyer just was left alone so many times or like put in perilous situations that was so bad and it's just like yeah it it, like, it should have when she falls out of her bed did the boogeyman not like pounce on her he was like yeah. oh fuck like well i guess like that's part of it too is we don't really know what he's doing because, like, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, he, he fucking, uh, he kills Lester. But that makes sense because Lester's fucking talking about him. Lester, don't fucking talk about me. What the fuck are you doing, mm-hmm. Lester? But, like, when he tries to suck the juices, I, I don't get I don't know the fuck he's sucking out of, uh, <laughs> what's her name? We, we, there's no, I don't know if it's their grief, if it's, like, their youth. If it's, Could just if, be other juices. You know, those good old human juices. That's true. Maybe he just dries her up. He's like, <laughs> no further explanation needed. Yeah, just the, just the juices. <laughs> but, like, you know, and that's what it's like old people. They're all dry and, and crusty. And he's like, mm, you know, you, you don't got them good juices no more. Uh, <laughs> but, like, yeah, I guess, like, that's, like, because we don't know what he's doing. But, like, he fucking, like, he, he grabs little girl, like, drags her across the ceiling, throws her at her TV. He, like, you know, uh-huh. he has had a lot of ample opportunity to kill her if that's what his goal was. Um, so, I don't know. Like, like, yeah, maybe he grabbed the dad on purpose. He's like, I'm going to grab the dad, and that's going to get me the other girl, and at least then I'll get two children for the price of one dad. You know, mm-hmm. maybe, that's why he, maybe that's what he's thinking. Um, or it was grief, and, the da- and they were showing that the dad was full of grief. And so he took him. He's like, yeah, man, you, 
we think this movie's all about the grief of these two girls, but you're fucking dying inside. Let me get you. You know, <laughs> maybe that was it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, so Dan, uh, if you were to make a sequel to The Boogeyman, uh, what would your sequel be? Well, obviously, it would be Two Boogie, Two Man, and uh, it would just it. cover boogie stuff all the time. Um, let's see here. So, yeah, I think definitely, honestly, I, I would kind of said it like a decade later in terms of boogeyman is well sadie is now grown up she's got kids of her own um maybe something traumatic happens like the grandfather dies um who is uh the the dad dies Mm. and um yeah grandfather he's a grandfather now he dies and basically they use the boogeyman uses that grief to come back and attack her family and like we could deal with her kids on that front because child violence is a big part of the boogeyman character um and kind of pull in front in there i think that would be the safe bet to go with mm-hmm. how about you i agree yeah i think i think like I'm not going to go with it, but the obvious one that I think, again, would be, would be the Lester Holt, like, not Lester, oh, God, fucking Lester Billings' backstory, <laughs> I think would be great. I think that, like, to make it, if you were to rebrand this as an f- actual scary fucking franchise, I would say go that way, redo that whole thing, have the fucking creepiness of the children just dying one by one, done. Um, but I think for, like, a, yeah, like you say, an actual kind of sequel, I agree with that concept. I think Hopping in the Future would be great. I think it also, it would make it so that you can, you know, have the Boogeyman come back and, you know, they explain it away. It's like, yeah, the boogeyman, you fucking beat him back then. But, you know, he, he, again, he came back. He coalesced. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, and I, and I think the same idea. I think, uh, you know, I think having it be, you don't have to connect it to the kids, obviously. But I do think it's helpful when it's not just, uh, you know, we're, we haven't gone far enough in the boogeyman franchise for him to just be hopping around from person to person. Um, but, yeah, I like the idea of, you know, following the family. I, I was actually thinking of, of the youngest of Sawyer, uh, not Sadie, and following her and having it be that, um kind of like with uh, insidious where basically like because she forgot about him and like you know because she's a little kid when it happened you know mm-hmm. oh yeah my parents told me i was in an accident and you know i i forgot some shit that happened uh you know i, I fucking fell out of my bed one day and snapped or thrown into a tv and you know lost some memory or something like that mm-hmm. and then kind of the idea that she re- you know recovers what's going on um and you know the boogeyman's back and is uh you know again after the family for revenge this time this time it's personal uh and he <laughs> uh you know he's after them and their kids uh, yeah, I, 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 think I think that's the way to go. I think the way to make it slightly more interesting um, would be to maybe make it in some kind of like, you know, like almost take a, take a page from Evil Dead. Have it be, um, have it be in like an apartment complex, something like that, like a, another high rise. Because then I think you get the idea that it's not, you can kind of play with that idea without losing the disbelief of the boogeyman traveling between closets in the sense that like it's this one big interconnected building and there are vents and shit in it. And there's like, um, you know, a, off, like, you know, there's stairwells, there's all these different kind of elements you can play with with the dark, um, which I think would make it really interesting. Um, and, you know, again, you could have it be like this idea of maybe a multi-generational home. You know, you, you know after fucking all this shit happened, their, their, their mom died, this happened, they move into the city and they get this place. And, you know, then it finds, you know, it's, it's that same idea of what happens in the original story where, like, it, you know, it searches around, eventually it finds them and it's, it's mm-hmm. back. Um, and then you can, have, you know, include a lot more families, up the death rate. And again, have it kill children. And by doing this, you can have it not just be her children. If you still want to have her kids survive and that's the big story, you can do that. Kill a bunch of other fucking kids in the building. Have it be this boogeyman has found a place and it's like, oh, fuck yeah, a bunch of houses with a bunch of kids in it and a bunch of closets I can just kind of pop into. Nailed it. You know? And that can even yeah. be the revelation though. Like, it was searching for us and it found us and it found that we fucking like gave it a buffet. And you're like, shit. Like, <laughs> that could be awesome. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, maybe, maybe that one has more boogeymen than one. I don't know. Uh, possibly. 
I don't know. And then mm-hmm. you can style the two O's as almost two Roman numerals, but they're still O's. So it's like Boogie Two Men. <laughs> uh, there we you know, go. Or Boogeyman High Rise. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Boogeyman Rise. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's that's my pitch. Make it make it bigger. Make it more people. Make it that. And again, I think you know you don't have to. You obviously don't have to do the whole fucking like. Oh, you know what? Do have it be during a snowstorm when there's power outage. You get, these, mm. you get the same idea. They can't leave the building, but not because the fucking downstairs is blown open. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but have it be that they're, you know, they're snowed in and it kills power. Mm-hmm. Movie. And then that would Made. explain the light in the dark. So, And then you can do so many things with candles and shit and, like, interesting ways people die. Like, that, that's, that's gold for me. Make, I, mm-hmm. I just sold you guys on Boogeyman 2. Uh, <laughs> and you can even fucking have the title tilted up on its side so it looks like a high rise. There you go. I, I gave you guys a poster. And then there's, like, fingers crawling up the sides of it. I don't know. And again, and then also, you know, like you said, play more with the idea that this can mimic voices. Have it fucking kill complete characters and then mimic their voices that they don't know. Have that shit happen. Mm-hmm. That'd be awesome. Have it kill somebody's mom and have the two kids in the middle of the night. Big mom, what's going on? And then it's making noise and it comes. It just grabs and snaps their neck. Like, have it, I want a vicious boogeyman, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. It and reminds me that that the, the, like the really quick short horror story. It's like two sentence horror or something like that where like i heard my mom calling me from downstairs i got up from my bed when my mom suddenly stopped me and said don't go downstairs i hear that voice too so like something like that oh yeah yeah yeah, i like that and you, you can even do for a framing device to kind of you know call back to the original have it be all told as a flashback from um you know like from somebody in, in a therapy chair mm-hmm. have, it, have it be that and you know maybe even fucking uh have it be, you know, in the end that maybe it's, you know, have a twist or have it be that, I don't know, it's fucking like you think it's Sadie or somebody and she's in the movie, but then it turns out it's one of the other kids, mm-hmm. you know, because you know, we never actually see them until the end. Like, oh, fuck, that's not Sadie. That's the person in the city gets fucking offed, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Cool. Well, any final thoughts on Boogeyman? See it. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Read the short story. It's fucking... It's yeah. I'm pages, definitely so gonna check that out it's tonight. Really good. So and honestly, Night Shift is such a good collection. It has the Lawnmower Man, which ooh okay. Uh, if anybody's seen the movie, fucking nothing like it. It's such a great <laughs> story. It's it's a really fun horror little, little kind of creepy story. Uh, so go you know check out the entire collection. Cool. All right, I will check that out then. All righty. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, once again, this has been Pretty Screwheads Talk Horror. Uh, thank you so much for our opening theme song. That is Horror Movie Story by the Bad Teddy's Atlas. You can get that off the album Children in the Corn. They are good, good Canadian boys. Uh, we are active on Facebook, on Instagram, social media. If you have any requests, please send it on through. We have done episode requests before from fans and will continue to do so. Other than that, uh, we will stick around and uh, see us uh, for our next episode whenever we get that up uh, when we release it. So thanks all for listening and stay groovy. Bye.